It is Wednesday, August 3rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaup. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And joining us now to keep the Beat Writer series rolling is a co-host of the Barking Browns show, which you can find on the Network 216 YouTube channel and many other places. He is at Carnsies817 on Twitter. He is Nick Carnes. Nick, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Anytime I get an excuse to talk Browns, that's a good day. So I'm happy to be here, and I can't wait to get going. That's exactly what we're looking for. Before we do get to our Browns questions, though, tell us a little bit about this Barking Browns show. Um, okay, so uh, I actually I do it with two of my best friends now, uh, Jacob Roach and, and Adam Columbus. Um, and the three of us started a little over a year now ago now. And you know what? It was right after the 2020 draft, and we just started breaking down prospects. And, and then we actually we had the opportunity to go to camp. And so this is kind of like the second year of really, um, you know, making that kind of uh, just talking Browns every week and, 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 and all of that. So um, it's been a really good time. And we actually had the chance to go to camp together on Saturday. And then we did like a, a post show. And it's just um, there's a lot of the Browns are certainly a team that there's a lot of opinions on right now. Um, but if you are, regardless of, of where you come out on that, if you are doing Brown stuff, it's it's popular, right? So uh, there's a lot of interest there, and uh, we have a lot of fun talking every week. And, yeah, that's uh, – now we've – yeah. Sorry, my words are stumbling over this morning. The coffee's still kicking in. Um, but it's been a great time, and, and we're just looking to, to do more. And so here we are. Yeah, the Browns are definitely interesting, if nothing else. And we were talking before the show about how you guys have been out at practice every day so far. So looking at this year's Browns, last year we got the 20th ranked offense in neutral pass rate. Obviously been a run-leaning offense since Kevin Stefanski arrived, and we expected that going in. But with Deshaun Watson, and now that we know he's going to be on the field for 11 of the 17 games, barring injury, of course. Do you expect that this team will go significantly further toward the pass, or should we expect something similar in terms of run-pass breakdown to what we've seen the past two years? I do think, you know what, a, um, a hallmark thing that a lot of the players have said about the Kevin Stefanski offense is that he looks to utilize the skills that he has. And I just think with Deshaun Watson and and his, I mean, the last time he played, he led the league in passing. Um, it, it would shock me if we didn't see a significant increase in their neutral pass rate, just because that's that's such a uh, talent upgrade at the position. And and you can see it in camp that they're in they're putting in different sets of, of packages offensively, and they're trying different things that they didn't use. Um, as much with Baker Mayfield, because when he came in, um, there were all these stats that were talking about, well, if you keep Baker's pass attempts down and just let him him flow within the offense, that's the Browns' best path to success. And and a lot of the numbers showed that. But I think with Deshaun, um, he's just been st statistically and, and on the field so much, so much far of a superior passer. Um, and it, with, with the Browns adding Amari Cooper and uh, – Donovan Peoples-Jones looking to take a step. There's a lot of um, encouraging signs in camp, especially in there. They just extended David Njoku. Um, so I would imagine that we will see a pretty big increase there. Yeah, certainly from our angle, it's like, why would you spend so much money on all these passing game pieces if you're going to keep, yeah. you know, running the ball 45% of the time? Mm -hmm. 
how how has uh, Jacoby Brissett looked in camp, and is he getting run with the first team offense and you know preparation for those first six games? Yeah, you know what? Um, we had we had the um, the pleasure to have our own Cameron Justice on yesterday. She works for Channel Five here, um, and one of the things that she noted she noted that surprised her. Um, is just how many reps Jacoby Brissett's been getting with the ones. Um, she said it's been it's been about a 50-50 split, and, and I noticed that as well, um, that that in past years, like, it was a lot of – obviously, it's a lot of bigger Mayfield, but um, it's been a big question. You know, how are the Browns going to handle this? What what Because uh, they have to install an offense, but but you have to get both quarterbacks comfortable. And, and even more to a, a further extent, uh, Josh Dobbs has been getting reps as well because uh, – for the first six games, at least he's your number two. Um, but you know what? Jacoby Brissett has looked like a guy that, that is just, he's, he, he's not taking risks on the field so much. Like you can tell like Deshaun Watson, he'll, he'll try and, and fit the ball in the narrow windows and that kind of thing. Whereas Jacoby Brissett seems to favor the the middle of the field and drills. Um, but he's not, th- he's not turning it over. Right. I haven't seen uh, camp interceptions from him and, and, you know, his play uh, Miami was rough. But if you go back to when he was a full-time starter in Indianapolis, um, he threw less than half the interceptions that Baker Mayfield did um, last year for the Browns. And I know that's a, a little um, – we're talking about a couple of years. But my point is he's going to protect the ball. And and I think you see that in camp where he's taking a lot of throws that uh, that are, are a little safer. But the Browns, the Browns last year um, had a lot of games come down to one possession. And so I think Jacoby protecting the ball more – is going to be very beneficial to to what because they're a talented team, right? I, I don't think they need um, a huge edge from the quarterback in the early part of the year because the schedule's a little softer. Um, but he's look he's looked very I, I, honestly. I've been impressed. He'll be working behind a much better O line in Cleveland than he did in Miami last year, which will yeah. will definitely help that. A um, couple questions on the Browns' backfield. Uh, first, do you expect both Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson to be on this roster when Week One rolls around? I mean, both guys have been subject of you know trade rumors, Johnson, you know, especially lately. Um, and then, how do you expect the backfield touches to be split this year? Do you think it's going to be similar with you know Chubb kind of leading the way, but Hunt also playing a big role? Do you expect Johnson to you know be in the mix on a weekly basis if he is on the roster come Week One? It's a lot of good questions. Um, I, I'd like to start. So Kevin Stefanski kind of teased us a couple of years ago uh, by putting both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield at the same time. And we thought we were going to see a lot of packages with two running backs on the field at the same time and, and, and that kind of utilization. And it never really transferred onto the field. And, and I think there were a lot of questions about why that was. Um, so something that a lot of people have picked up on early in camp is that we're seeing a lot of formations with two backs on the field at the same time, which everybody's excited about. So to answer your question, um, I do believe that we, we're doing uh, final roster predictions. Um, and and uh, when I looked at the running back room, I picked uh, Chubb, Hunt, Dearness Johnson, and, and new draft pick out of Cincinnati, Jerome Ford, to make the roster, with Demetri Felton being the odd man out. Um, I do think that they're going to keep those four running backs going uh, into the season. If for nothing else, um, you're not, I don't think you're going to pass. You're going to lean on the pass with Jacoby Brissett like you would with Deshaun Watson. So from that perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense that the Browns um, to me have the best running back room in the NFL. Uh, So leaning on that room, leaning on that strength makes a lot of sense, um, especially through the first six games. So for that reason, I definitely think that, those four backs will will be kept up, and I, 
you know what? I'm not sure about. So Dearness Johnson has has uh, he was one of the most elusive backs um, in the NFL last year um, at creating missed tackles. And and we've and in Denver, um, he he was the star of the show on Thursday night. I think he had 147 yards rushing and, and was really good for the for the Browns against the Broncos. Uh, I don't know how often Johnson will get touches if if Chubb and Hunt are in front of him. But I will say that that one of the the harder parts um, of for the Browns recently is that both Chubb and Hunt have dealt with their own injuries um, at various times. So I definitely think Dearness will see the see the field. But if if, if Chubb and Hunt are healthy, it's it's probably. I mean, there's only so many carries to go around, right? Um, but you know, what? I will say that if if they continue using this two back system in the in the during the season because we thought we were going to see that uh we'll probably see a lot more right because because if you have them on the field at the same time uh there's more there's more opportunities for that to happen and certainly they're well positioned to if another team suffers an injury and comes calling for running back then i mean they can certainly listen to offers for either hunt or johnson and know that they don't need to get rid of either of those backs i did you know what it's like they could definitely get a return. I'm sure that and running backs are, are the most uh, oft injured of any, right? But I just what what Kareem and Dearness provide to the Browns, I don't think that the value they could get in a trade would replace the value that they provide on the field, just yeah. because the running back position is so um, devalued when it comes to to trade. So, because we've discussed this at length, we're like, well, it, it does make sense. Obviously, the Browns have a huge depth uh, depth there, and, and and they could trade away from a position of strength. But I just they are so good on the field. And I don't think the draft pick that they would get in return um, is is equal in value to what the Browns could have just out on the field. Yeah, especially Johnson still being on that rookie deal. Um, yeah. he's he's so cheap, so that's kind of another uh, mm-hmm. reason to maybe hang on to him. Uh, the wide receiver group, I think, um, you know, we're, we all expect Amari Cooper to be the clear one after the Browns swung that trade for him. Um, how do you think it's going to shake out behind him with Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, rookie David Bell, Anthony Schwartz? Uh, how, how do you how do you expect that group to kind of play out? So this is probably the most difficult room to project because um, both Anthony Schwartz and David Bell haven't been practicing, right? Um so Amari Cooper, they have been treating Amari Cooper like like a number one wide receiver. I, of course they are. Uh, but the, the the note to me is that Amari has looked like a, him and Greg Newsom because Denzel Ward is also uh, banged up and not practicing. So it's it's basically been Amari versus Greg Newsom lining up over each other. And they, they've both kind of taken turns getting the best of each other, which it's been a really fun camp battle to watch. Um, but so with I, – I, I just want to say I believe in Donovan Peoples-Jones – so he's been out there. I just I haven't seen as much of him. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure why that is because there have been positive reports. Just personally, I just haven't um, seen it. I, but regardless, I think Donovan Peoples Jones will be your wide receiver too. Um, he he did lead lead the Browns in receiving last year. They, there was a for a while it was David Njoku, but so um, he's just he's taller than a lot of the guys in that room, and I, I feel like he brings a skill set that um, is more unique to him than than the other guys do. Uh, but I will say, so with Schwartz and, and David Bell, I have high hopes, but just, we just haven't seen it yet. Um, but that has actually lent, um, lent opportunities to Mike Woods out of Oklahoma, 
who has, by all accounts, and, and, and I was watching it yesterday, he just keeps making catches. I think, you know, shout out to him for, for taking advantage of the opportunities he's getting that he may not have, right, if, if, if Schwartz and, and Bell uh, were on the field. And so I have high hopes for him. Um, and I think really at this point it's just uh, Schwartz and Bell got to get on the field so, so we can start getting some clarity in that, in that room. Mike Woods is a great name to get out there, especially for folks who want to play that uh, preseason DFS, because I certainly have yeah. not heard Mike Woods' name floating around. And, you know, the great thing from a fantasy standpoint with DPJ is that he's lasting until the very end of draft, so people don't have to invest to see what happens, to just bet on the talent and, you know, let it play out. Of course, Mari Cooper's got his own injury now. that We have to yeah. wait and see how long it's going to be. It doesn't sound like it's serious, but I know he's not practicing today at least. He was he was down for like 30 seconds. Like, they, they were doing red zone drills, and he uh, he he caught a touchdown, and then and we're, so everybody's happy, right? And then he doesn't get back up, and so we're all just kind of looking, and it's just like this uneasy silence. Trainer goes over to him. He did get up. He didn't look like it. Whatever happened to him felt good, but he walked off and 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 looked okay. So so we held our breath for a second, and uh, so we'll hopefully yeah. it looks like he's okay. Yeah, you should probably get used to holding your breath when it comes to Cooper. <laughs> it seems like you know every other game he's he's you know hobbling off at some point. He usually comes back. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a common occurrence with with Amari. You know, it's so weird, right? Like, uh, I looked up the stats, and I believe he's missed three games in the last three years. But it feels like and, – and I'm an avid fantasy player, um, and I've had him. And he's always, always dealing with – there's always a question, you know, questionable for this week because <laughs> he's dealing with an ankle or a hamstring or a something. And, and, you know, kudos to him because obviously he goes through it, right? But but it, I agree. There, there definitely always seems to be something nagging there. Mm-hmm. The nagging thing with David Njoku the past few years has been when is he going to follow up on that early career promise? When is he going to break out? The Browns, of course, made the move this year. They franchised him first, then they extended him. They got rid of Austin Hooper. Are we finally going to get the David Njoku breakout season that we've been waiting for this year? You know what? I, I think all the time about how the Browns had Darren Fells at tight end and um, – he, he was he was okay for them, but he went down to Houston with Tom Watson, and he caught four touchdowns for them that year, and was just like a solid, uh, reasonable tight end. And, but when when he when he played with the Browns, he wasn't nearly as good as he was with Watson. And so I think about how Watson helped Fells elevate his play, and we've all been waiting for for the David Njoku breakout because you look at the guy, and especially in t- he just stands head and shoulders above everybody else in the tight end room. He's just bigger and and and. You know, he's, he's just jacked. he's jacked. He, the guy is, is a freak physically. And so if I had to bet on any year that David Njoku could put it all together, I think it's this one. I I, I just Deshaun Watson, he he there's definitely a connection there. Him and him and Njoku, um, he throws to him all the time. And, and it's it's good to see uh, he did. You know what? He did drop a great touchdown in the end zone the other day. And, you know, everybody kind of had a collective groan because that's his his you know bugaboo. Um, so I know he's working through that, but I'm just going to bet on the dude who is faster and bigger and stronger than everybody else around him. Yeah, and it certainly seems like the Browns are betting on that guy as well. How big a role should we expect for Harrison Bryant? Are we going to see as much too tight end as we have previously? Is he a guy that we should kind of think about in those questions of who's going to fill out this wide receiver core, even though he's a tight end, is he going to factor sure. into that area? Well, you know what? So that's another another thing that's that's really interesting because behind Harrison Bryant, 
There's like our um, fullback slash tight end, Johnny Stanton, has been playing tight end three. So really, honestly, like Harrison Bryant is is yes, he's tight end two, but there's there's nothing really behind him that is you know on that level. So I could see them, especially with the way the Browns are dealing with wide receiver injuries right now. That would make a lot of sense. And and they've they've been using two tight end sets for a long time. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Harrison Bryant. But you know what? Before, it's 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 harder because you, you mentioned um, we got rid of uh, Austin Hooper, and so they were in this like weird three tight end rotation, and so all the guys kind of got limited opportunities. So I definitely could see Bryant stepping into that role where you know he's getting more shots and he's getting more opportunities. Um, and if the wide receiver room doesn't shake itself out the way that we're hoping, um, all the more reason that Bryant could be a contributor. It's a, a, a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. I always like to wrap these up with defense questions. And honestly, just looking at the Browns depth chart on defense, it's one of the clearer pictures for me. So there, there's not that much I'm worrying about. I, I think that my primary question when it comes to Browns defenders is, is there any reason that I should temper my excitement for Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa? No, 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 <laughs> there isn't. Um you know what? He picked off Deshaun Watson uh, the other day, and the defense was really excited about it. And I think when he was on the field last year, because he, he did uh, deal with a little bit of injuries, he was great. He was, you know, the, the Browns had this this when they brought Joe Woods and this this whole new regime in. They had this this big push to say we need to get faster. We need to because we we had lot, every time the Browns played Lamar Jackson, he would just cook us <laughs> because they, they had no no side to side speed from the linebacker position. It just, and so they started that with Jacob Phillips and um, we haven't seen that with him yet. Like we know the abilities there, but with JOK um, he came in last year and was fantastic by, by, uh, you know, he did a little bit of everything. He had, a, he had a few different uh, uh, batted balls, uh, sacks. Uh, and he also was a guy who um, uh, was, was a pretty, a very solid coverage linebacker. And I think they've been looking for that, that hybrid guy, uh, a, a modern uh, NFL linebacker, if you will, that can that can do both with uh, stopping the run and, and coverage. And I think JOK is that guy. Um, and, and my, I could see, I could very much see him being the heart of the defense this year. Uh, he just he seems to do everything well. And I don't I don't know how the Browns got him in the second round. Um, I'm really excited for his year two, and uh, I think I think the Browns are as well. Yeah, they, the guy's got IDP breakout just like tattooed on his forehead right now. So I'm excited. <laughs> Is there do do you expect any other linebacker to join him at near full playing time, or are we looking probably at more like a sixty to sixty five percent playing time for that number two guy? And in, in that case, would it be Anthony Walker? Would it be Jacob Phillips or somebody else? You know what? So the Browns took Jacob Phillips in the third round of Andrew Berry's first draft. And when he has been on the field, he's been really good. Uh, the problem is he just hasn't been on the field very often. So towards the end of last year, Phillips got back on the field and performed really well. I believe it was against Cincinnati, the final game of the year. Um, he was also good against green Bay on Christmas. So he definitely ended the year on a high note. And I think they drafted Jacob Phillips before JOK to be the role uh, to be a very similar role because they're both they're similar players in that uh, they both uh, have that that hybrid type 
of linebacker play. And I think ideally, if the Browns had it their way, it would just it would be Jacob Phillips and JOK as much as humanly possible because they they both fit that vision of versatility on defense that um, the Browns have been seeking since they started building um, with when Andrew Berry came in. Do you think they'd favor having those two guys on the field over like three safeties with Grant Delpit, John Johnson, and Rodney Harrison? That's such a good question. Oh, thank you. There, there's so many ways this defense can go, and and that that because mm. Grant because Grant Delpit has looked really good in his own right. Because you, you keep in mind, last year was his first year off of the Achilles injury. And, and he was basically robbed of all of camp. And, and, you know, that's one of those, those injuries that not everybody's cam acres. Right. And just, just somehow superhumanly coming back from Achilles tears, like, like they're nothing. I, but um, so I have such high hopes for, for, for Delpit and, and John Johnson seems to, you know, he had some weird usage last year that like, so I feel like his play um, fluctuated with it. If I had to guess, so if I had to guess, um, yeah, that's all we're doing right now is yeah. educated guesses. I, you know what, I, I have high hopes for everybody, but if 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 I had to say, I think Ronnie Harrison is the guy that maybe is is a step a step under um, Grant, John Johnson, JOK, and Jacob Phillips. So if I if I had to guess, I think Harrison's the odd man out there in in what they would prefer. I appreciate that. And of course I showed my age by saying Rodney Harrison instead of Ronnie Harrison, but close enough. I think people know who I'm talking about. If they look at the roster, they'll realize, Oh, the guy just added consonants here. Nick Carnes. Thank you very much for joining us today and giving us your insight. Tell people how to find your stuff and what to look for from your shows. Okay. I just want to say thank you to both of you. Um, this is, this is like my favorite thing to talk about. And so <laughs> you giving me this, this opportunity to, to, to share what I'm, you know, going in and, and, and watching camera. I, I love that. So thank you to you both. Um, and so I am at Carnsey's 817 on Twitter. Um, we are uh, presented by network uh, 216 and we, as we mentioned, we do the Barking Brown show. We're live every Tuesday um, at eight on Twitch and we, we, all of our past stuff is on YouTube. Um, and uh, if you like, if you like the Browns, if you like, um, or, or you're just looking for insight, we love to talk about it. We'll, we'll share everything that we, we find with you. And so I'm going to go to camp today and, and, and just, you know, keep watching until I got some more to, sh- to share. So um, that's where you can find me. And I, I just, I, this has been great. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. So check them out. Even if you don't like the Browns, even if you just want some fantasy insight, you're wondering what you're wondering more about this Mike Woods character. Yeah. Check out Barking Browns. This has been episode seven of our Beat Writer series. Find everyone on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, on Apple, and everywhere else that you like to get your podcast. You can also find every episode of the podcast on DraftSharks.com, where you can become a DS insider to access all of our exclusive content, plus our league crushing, fully customizable draft war room. For our guest, Nick Carnes, for Jared Small, and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.